In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Tonight, we will continue our Bible study from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 20, starting from verse 19 to the end of the chapter. In the first 18 verses of the chapter, actually, we read about the resurrection of the Lord, and the meeting between our Lord Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene at the tomb. And by the way, this is the gospel that we read on uh, the Feast of Resurrection in the church. Uh, then uh, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples and confirmed to them that she saw the Lord and the Lord sent her with a message to the disciples to go to Galilee where they can uh, meet him. So tonight we'll start from verse 19. Then the same day at evening, same day is the day of resurrection. So we're still speaking about the day of the resurrection, Sunday of resurrection. Being the first day of the week, that's Sunday, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. So, on that day means on Resurrection Day which became so memorable in the history of the church. And we say, this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, so, after all the revelations and all the appearances that the Lord made um, on the morning of this day uh, to several individuals, at the evening, actually, now the Lord will appear to all the disciples assembled together. And actually, the Lord prepared the disciples for this appearance. So, the, uh, so it will not be shocking for them to see somebody who died on Friday, then standing in, the, in their midst all of a sudden. So the Lord prepared them. How he prepared them? Number one, by the reports of the women that the grave had been opened and was empty and that angelic appearances had asserted the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, as we read from verse 1 to 18, Peter and John went to the tomb and found the tomb empty and they found the linen clothes uh, folded and handkerchief in another place. So, uh, by the impression made on Peter and John, when they found it, uh, as Mary and the other women had said to them, they found it's, it's uh, empty, the tomb empty, and everything is organized. Number three, by the assertion of Mary Magdalene, that she has seen the Lord, and that he had sent her with a special message to the brethren to go to Galilee where they can see him. Number four, by the excitement of the appearance and disappearance of the Lord at Amwes to the two disciples going to Amwes, St. Luke and St. Kiliobas. Um, so, these two disciples, after the Lord appeared to them, returned back to Jerusalem and uh, shared the good news of resurrection with the disciples. Uh, so the apostles were prepared for this wonderful manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ after his resurrection. Although they were mentally prepared, but they needed something more convincing to, 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 to confirm their faith in uh, the resurrection. Uh, 
And St. John said they were in this place where the doors were shut for the fear of the Jews. Yes, they were still suffering from fear. Uh, they did not yet believe 100% in the resurrection of the Lord from the intellectual uh, blindness and the slowness of the spirit. Uh, that's why they couldn't believe in the resurrection, so they were still afraid, fearful. Uh, and this fear actually followed the crucifixion. As the Bible says, the shepherd was struck and the flock uh, was scattered. They feared from the accusation that started to spread that they have stolen the body. Also, the Lord on Thursday, after giving him them his body and his blood, he warned them that they will be persecuted. So, and, and some of them actually will be charged and some of them will be killed. So these words are still in their mind and made them afraid and fearful. Also, uh, Peter and what happened at the house of the high priest, the hostility that he met there, and, and because of this hostility, he denied the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so he was afraid. Even John, he was known to the house of the high priest that he is one of the disciples. Due to all these reasons, they were afraid. And the doors were shut, as St. John said. Uh, this is mentioned actually here and also in the following Sunday when the Lord appeared to the disciples, including Thomas, it was uh, mentioned again in John chapter 20, 26. To show us that the appearance of the Lord here was supernatural, was supernatural. And yes, the body of the risen Lord was indeed the body of his human life, but glorified, meaning it was not subject to the ordinary conditions of human life. And matter cannot enter or obstruct. So he can enter while the uh, doors were shut. So the Lord wanted to confirm that he had risen with the same body, but it was glorified body. His Holiness Pope Shenouda used to say that the miracle that the Lord made after his resurrection, not entering while the doors were shut, because the glorified body can enter through uh, closed doors. But the miracle when he ate with the disciples, that's the miracle, because the uh, glorified body is not in need of any physical nourishment. So, his resurrection did not mean that he had returned to a normal life on earth. No, he rose with the same body, but the body is glorified. St. Augustine said, Truly the Lord, who was able to enter through the doors without opening them, he is the same one who was born, and yet the virginity of his mother remained untouched. So St. Augustine is making a beautiful comparison here. As he was born from St. Mary, while her virginity was sealed, in the same way he was able to enter while the doors were shut. Then the Lord, the first word he said to them, Peace be with you. These were not just mere words of greeting. No. It, these words were form of unusual blessing. A power that actually granted immediate peace to the hearts of the disciples. Peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
peace in the risen Lord. Uh, and by entering while the doors were shut, the Lord Jesus Christ confirmed to the disciples that his resurrected body had a new nature. Yes, it is the same body, but it had a new nature. So he confirmed that it was the same body since it bore the same wounds of the cross, but with a new nature, that's why he entered while the doors were shut. Verse 20, When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side to tell them, yes, it is the same body. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Uh, their joy, why? Their joy arose from the proof of physical identity which he had given them in the wounds. He rose, he's not a spirit, uh, appeared to them, but he rose from the dead. So they rejoiced uh, greatly. So their first impression at the beginning that they saw a spirit and they were afraid. But the conviction that he indeed, the Lord who rose from the dead, made them rejoice greatly, uh, greatly. And, and, and the Lord, when he told them, peace be with you, actually they received this great gift of peace. And the fear of the disciples now is replaced by, jo by joy. Verse 22, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Why the Lord repeated again, Peace be with you. The repetition here is more than ordinary compliment or salutation. Actually, it signifies his reconciliation to them. Despite their error in forsaking him and fleeing during the time of crucifixion, but now he is reconciled with them. Peace to you. Now I have peace with you. I am not upset. I am not disappointed at you. And also, the second salutation, or the second granting peace to them, second time granting peace to them, it prepared their attention of the great things that he was about to speak to them. Now he is going to send them, as he told them, as the Father sent me, I also send you. It signified that he was about to preach the gospel of peace to nations. So now he is giving them peace, sending them, and then actually they will carry the gospel of peace to all the nations. St. John Chrysostom says, This is what the Lord said before his crucifixion. On Thursday, the Lord told them, I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one can take away from you. Now these words on Sunday were now being fulfilled in practical manner. This led the disciples now to have true faith, to be convinced that Jesus indeed risen from the dead. Now they are happy. They remembered his words and now they are happy. And these were the first words of the Lord after his resurrection. Peace be with you. St. Paul in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, he called the Lord Jesus Christ, he is our apostle. Because he is, apostle literally means carrying a message, delivering a message. That's the, the apostle. So he is an apostle or our greatest apostle because the Father sent him. Then 
He is sending them. He is sending the disciples. So the disciples are also apostles. But they are ambassadors of Christ, the greatest apostle. And what message they are carrying as ambassadors? St. Paul said, we are ambassadors of Christ. We preach, reconcile with Christ in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from 18 to 20. So their message is a message of reconciliation, message of peace. That's why before sending them, he told them, peace be with you. So he declares to them, and in turn, they declaring in his name to the whole world, the love of God the Father, the peace between man and God, and they are witnessing witnesses for his life, his death, and his resurrection. So they are declaring to us the love of God the Father and the reconciliation that happened in resurrection on three levels. Reconciliation of God, reconciliation with one another, and reconciliation with oneself. He told them, as the Father sent me, I send you. What did the world did to the Lord Jesus Christ? They crucified him. They killed him. And the Lord told them the same. The world will hate you, will persecute you, will kill you, as hated me, persecuted me, and killed me. So they are sent exactly like he was sent. But they are to declare forgiveness, mercy, love, peace, as he declared to them and to every heart that does not harden itself against them. The Lord on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. So in the same time, the disciples is delivering this gospel of forgiveness, mercy, love, and peace. Uh, As the Lord Jesus Christ found in the Father's presence the support that he needed in his ministry, he told them, everybody forsook me, but I'm not alone because the Father is with me. So the disciples also found in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ the same support as the, the Lord Jesus Christ found in the presence of the Father with him, the same support. And through this support, actually, they are able to give this peace and bring this peace to everyone. So the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ granted them peace, and in turn, they were able to uh, grant this peace to others. Verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. I want just to read it in Coptic here, and I'm going to say why. Begaf no'u means he said to them. Begaf said no'u to them. Jitchi. Noten in o ibnifma if o web. Chi noten receive, receive all of you. In o ibnifma a spirit, if o web holy. So he did not say chi noten pi ibnifma if o web. And I want to explain here pi ibnifma means the. Holy Spirit. A Holy Spirit. What's the difference? When we speak about the hypostasis of the Holy Spirit, then we, we, we use the Holy Spirit. But when we use means they are receiving a grace from the Holy Spirit. 
not the hypostasis of the Holy Spirit, but a grace of the Holy Spirit. So actually, the accurate translation in English should be receive a Holy Spirit, not receive the Holy Spirit. In the Arabic Katamaras, uh, uh, not, not in the Arabic uh, uh, Bible that we have, but in the Arabic Katamaras, which is the Coptic translation, uh, it, it, it's mentioned, وَقَالَ لَهُمْ إِقْبَالُوا رُوحَ الْقُدُسِ مش إِقْبَالُوا الْرُوحَ الْقُدُسِ الْرُوحَ الْقُدُسِ دَلْ أُقْنُوم رُوحَ قُدُسِ نعمة من نعمة رُوحَ قُدُسِ Just I want to make this distinction. So he said here, she noted in U Ibnivma, a Holy Spirit, because what they received, not the hypostasis of the Holy Spirit, but a grace from the Holy Spirit, the grace of the priesthood. So let's read again 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive a Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Uh, in, in Hebrew and in Greek, the word breathe is the same word as spirit. Breathe is the same word as spirit. So, God first breathed into Adam, as we read in Genesis, uh, to give him physical life. And now Christ breathed the spirit into the disciple to give them spiritual life. He is sending them forth in the power of the Holy Spirit. So they receive the grace from the Holy Spirit, power from the Holy Spirit, who will make all things new as in the past he did made, make everything new in the first creation. Prophet Ezekiel envisioned this day when he wrote of the messianic restoration of Israel in Ezekiel 37, verse 9 and 10. And by the way, this is the prophecy we read it in the general funeral play, prayer on Hosanna Sunday, when uh, all the bones get together, and then they were covered with uh, muscles, covered with the skin, nerves. Then he called the spirit from the four corners of the world, spirit entered them, and all of them were risen. So, this prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 37 is about the messianic restoration of Israel. Meaning, we were dead to sin, but in Christ had been risen as the faithful remnant of Israel. Uh, became the basis of new Israel uh, in Ezekiel 37. And, and the new Israel is the new covenant church, the new covenant church, the church of the New Testament. We are the new Israel. We are the new people of God, the Christian who believed in him. So the, the, the spiritual Israel is us, the Christian, the believers who received the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we are charged by God to convert the whole world and to spread the gospel to the whole world and transform the world in his grace. And here we can see two sacraments, the sacrament of priesthood and the sacrament of confession. 22, sacrament of priesthood, 23, sacrament of confession. And we can see here how the sacraments are instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ himself. So, when he breathed a Holy Spirit in them, that is the institution of the sacrament of the priesthood. In verses 23, when he told them, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. That is the institution of the sacrament of repentance 
and confession. In the Old Testament, there was a sacrifice called sin sacrifice and another one trespass sacrifice. And in the Old Testament, the sinner used to place his hand on the animal and to confess his sins before the priest and uh, take uh, to confess his sin before the priest while his hand on the animal. Since the sins are transferred from him to the animal and then the animal is killed in the place of the person. But as St. Paul said in Hebrews, in his letter to Hebrews, the blood of animals will never redeem us. So this was a symbol to the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, who became our sin sacrifice and our trespass sacrifice. In the New Testament, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, carried all our sins. So what we need now is just is to confess after we repent, to confess our sins in the front of the uh, priest in order for our sins to be forgiven. And, and in verse 22 and 23, we see how the priest of the new covenant carried the Son of God authority to forgive or to retain sins. So, sins must be confessed to an ordained priest who is a successor of the first priesthood in Christ, to whom we confess as though we are confessing to Christ himself, because they are ambassadors of Christ. Now Christ is the Lamb, Passover Lamb, the Lamb of sacrifice, but we still must have confession and repentance before sins can be forgiven. So that's a condition to con uh, repent and confess so sins will be forgiven and through communion our reconciliation with God will be restored. Saint Ambrose says, The task of the priest is to grant the Holy Spirit to exercise his right to forgive through the Holy Spirit and to retain sins. And God has promised forgiveness wherever there is repentance. Anyone who repents, he will be forgiven. But he did not promise repentance where there is sin. I cannot say, I repent while there are sins I retain in my heart. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the true physician of our souls and our bodies. He both healed the sick and forgave their sins. And he has willed for his church and the clergy and the priest in the church and the power of God, the Holy Spirit, to continue this work of healing spiritually and physically. In this sacrament of repentance and confession, the sinner places himself before the merciful judgment of God, who heals and purifies our hearts and our souls. This actually concludes what happened on the resurrection day. Then St. John from verse 24, he will take us to one week after, which will be the gospel of this Sunday, God willing. And this Sunday we call it Thomas Sunday. So verse 24, now Thomas called that when one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hand the print of the nails and put my finger into the print and put my finger in the print of the nails, and put my hand into his sight, I will not believe. I will not believe. So, uh, Thomas had two names. The Hebrew name is Thomas. 
and the Greek name is Didymus. And both names in Hebrew and Greek means twin. Perhaps Thomas was one of twin. It was very common with the Jews to have two names, a Jewish name and a Gentile name, like St. Paul. The Jewish name was Saul, the Gentile name was Paul. They often went by one name in Judea, the Jewish name. And when they travel outside Judea to the Gentiles, they use the Greek name. Thomas was not with the rest of the disciples when they were assembled together and the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to them on the evening of the resurrection day. We don't know why he was not with them, but he did not believe them. When they told him about the resurrection, he did not believe them. And made it very clear, nothing would satisfy me by the testimony of my own senses. Because he had witnessed the crucifixion and and, and, and actually saw the death of our Lord Jesus Christ and all the circumstances around it and all what happened greatly impressed him. So to him, to Thomas, resurrection seemed very difficult to believe. So he was determined not to believe unless, you know, he is satisfied by his own senses. And this determination is expressed in its strongest form by double Greek negative. I will by no means believe. So this anxious skepticism became later on a blessing for those who have not seen yet have believed. As the Lord said, blessed are those who believe without seeing. And usually in our mind, we usually remember Thomas as the one who doubted the resurrection of the Lord. But as we remember this negative thing about Thomas, we need to remember also one positive thing. When the Lord told them, let us go uh, before the resurrection of Lazarus, uh, go to Judea. And the, the disciples told him, how come? You go, you go to Judea and they want to kill you. So Thomas, he was the only courageous one. And he told them, let us go with him that we may die with him. So he was ready to die with our Lord Jesus Christ. As we read in John chapter 11, verse 16. And according to the history of the church, Thomas was martyred at the altar of his church in India. And he had faithfully carried the gospel to what was then the end of the earth. India, back then in the first century, considered the end of the earth. But he went to the end of the earth to preach the gospel of salvation uh, to the Indians. Verse uh, 26. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. After eight days conveys the eighth day or after seventh day. So it is the first Sunday after resurrection, which actually will be celebrated this Sunday. That's why we call it Thomas Sunday. And it's one of the uh, minor feasts of the Lord. So we were not told about any appearance during these eight days from the Sunday of Resurrection to the following Sunday. Uh, And apparently, the Lord appeared in the same place where he appeared on the Resurrection Day and the doors were shut for the same reason. And by the way, 
we do a prayer on the evening of resurrection day. We call it the evening of resurrection prayer. And the purpose of this prayer to commemorate the appearance of the Lord to the disciples on the evening of the resurrection. And Thomas was with them. And I like to reflect here a little bit about this sentence. Thomas with them. Shows their harmony and agreement. Their constancy in meeting together. And their frequencies, they meet together regularly. And their Christian compassion was Thomas despite his unbelief. They did not kick him out and told him, you didn't believe us? We are ten persons. How come? Are we lying to you? Are we, we crazy? We told you we have seen the Lord. And the, the Marys told you the same. Mary Magdalene told you the same. Why are you not believing? No, 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 no. They, they showed him love and acceptance. And he allowed, they allowed him to be with them and show him compassion despite of his unbelief. So they perceived Thomas as a good man and they retained him in their company and they were praying and hoping one way or another he would be convinced with the resurrection of the Lord. And also it shows Thomas' regard to them. Thomas did not say, you know, you are just out of your mind. Who, who, who heard a, a man would be raised after he uh, would raise after he died and, and he left them. No. Also Thomas had a, a great regard and great respect to them and affection for them. And, and he met with them, though he had not the same faith in the resurrection as they believed in the resurrection. So the Lord appeared and again he told them peace to you, which he said twice on the evening of Resurrection Day. And now he is repeating it again in the like manner in order to impart peace on all of them, particularly Thomas, who was not actually with them in the first Sunday. So God gave him peace despite his unbelief. And he told him, come, put your hands put your fingers here in my hand, put your hand in my side, and don't be unbelieving, but believing. And these words do not apply to the fact of resurrection only. He, yeah, he didn't mean, don't be, yeah, just believe in the resurrection, but the attitude, the general spiritual condition of the apostle, he should be a believing person. Uh, because Thomas was in danger of passing from the state of a believer in Christ to a state of unbeliever in Christ. So he told him, be a believer. Uh, when Thomas demanded evidences for the senses, it was a step backward. So his master won't actually to restore him and uh, be, be, be restore his faith and increase his faith. That's why he appeared especially to Thomas and he told him, put your hands in my sight and your fingers here and don't be unbelieving, but be a believer. St. John Chrysostom said, not the Lord's compassion for the sake of one soul, Thomas, he revealed himself carrying the wounds he came to save each one personally. Especially Thomas, he will be one of the twelve who will actually preach the resurrection to the world. As soon as Thomas saw the Lord, Jesus Christ, standing before him, and as soon as he heard his voice, he no longer felt the need to touch the wounds of his master. He immediately proclaimed him and cried out, My Lord and my God, as we read in verse 28. So the, the, the Lord, once he told him, come put your hand here, the Bible did not tell us that he touched him. But the Bible tells us clearly in verse 28, 
And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. This is a complete confession. Confession of the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord replied to him, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, he did not tell him, because you have touched me. He told him, because you have seen me, you have believed, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So probably, just the sight of his Lord made him withdraw what he had told the disciples, that unless I touch the Lord wound, I will not believe. Now, he declared to the whole world what he felt in his heart. My Lord and my God. This is a complete confession. So, the scholars now are different in their opinion. Uh, all of them believe that Thomas declared his faith without touching the Lord's wound. But some of them say, after he declared his faith, he did not touch the Lord. He doesn't need to touch the Lord. But others believe out of obedience, he actually touched the Lord because the Lord told him, put your hand here. So he did it not because he's still uh, unbelieving, but out of obedience to the Lord, he touched the wound. Um, even though he no longer needed to do so in order to believe. So, the Bible didn't tell us so whether this happened or that happened. I just shared with you the two opinions. St. Augustine said, He saw the Lord's body and touched him, and he comprehended his divinity that can neither be seen nor touched. Uh, in, in Hebrew chapter 11, verse 1, the definition of faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. That's what faith is. Thomas' faith have had more merit if he had accepted the testimony of other disciples instead of the exceptional proof he received through seeing and touching the Lord. So, if actually he believed the disciples without seeing, his faith would have more merit. But now he has seen the Lord and we believed. That's why the Lord told him, because you have seen me, you believed. So there is a gentle rebuke here. St. Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we hear the word of God, that's how we believe, not necessarily seeing. Uh, so, the preaching of the disciples that's passed from the apostles to the church today was how we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. We accept their testimony and uh, we must not only believe, but also we practice what we believe. And the Lord here gave a benediction, a blessing. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. This benediction or blessing, the Lord pronounced it in all future generations of believers. So all of us who are included in this benediction, because all of us we believed without seeing. Uh, and when the Lord said to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed, it carries gentle reproof for his unbelief. Uh, verse 30 and 31, the last two verses in uh, chapter 20. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. So the purpose of sharing these signs to believe that Jesus is Christ Jesus is the chrismated one. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the anointed one, the Son of God. Jesus is his birth name. Christ is a title of the anointed one, 
the Messiah, the chrismated one, Christ. And that believing, you may have life in his name. This believing is very important because through this believing, you will have eternal life in his name. So the evangelist here in these two verses reveals the aim of writing his gospel. Why he, he, he wrote the gospel of St. John. It's not intended to present a full documentation of the life, work, teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a history book, no. Uh, but his narrative is drawing to a close. And he explained the fact that he had recorded so little of a life that contained so much. So now John is admitting he recorded very little. There are many things he did not record. But why he, he included this little only? Because he wants us to believe that Jesus is the Christ. Why this is important? Because through this faith we'll have eternal life. Uh, yes, there were many other signs which St. John witnessed them as an eyewitness, and he remembered them, but he did not uh, mention them, maybe because it will not uh, serve the purpose of writing his uh, gospel. Uh, so, uh, a controversy happened from the time of John Chrysostom to our actually present time. This controversy about whether these verses are the summary and conclusion of the gospel as a whole, or it's a conclusion for the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ on these two days, uh, on, on Sunday of resurrection and the following Sunday. So some say these two verses intended to conclude the whole gospel. Others say these two verses intended to conclude the appearance on these two Sundays, the Sunday of Resurrection and the following Sunday. St. John did not use the word miracle, but he used the word sign. Uh, any supernatural act is called a miracle. But, but why St. John used a sign? Because the word sign means this miracle had greater significance. This miracle points to something else. So it's not just a miracle. It has a significance, a great significance. That's the difference between the word miracle and the word sign. So each miracle that the Lord performed was a sign that pointed to a theological truth. And St. John built his gospel about seven theologically significant public signs. If you read the miracles in the, in the, in the, or the signs in the gospel of St. John, they are seven. And all of them point to the divinity of Christ. And he is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. So his goal... Uh, for, uh, to anyone who reads his gospel, to be a believer, to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And this faith is very important because this is the, the, the tool for eternal life. This is spiritual truth about the divinity of Christ is the way to eternal life because no other name uh, we will be saved except the name of of Jesus. So we can see how St. John traced step by step the development of faith in the apostles themselves until it reached the peak or the highest stage in the confession of Thomas when he said, my Lord and my God. If you study the whole gospel, you can see how the, the, their faith developed until it reached the highest form in the confession of Thomas, 
my Lord and my God. And also St. John recorded for us the blessedness of those who shall believe without seeing, uttered in the, uh, by the Lord himself. In the confession of St. Thomas and in the comment of our Lord Jesus Christ, blessed are those who believe without seeing, here actually the, the goal of St. John in writing his, his gospel is fulfilled. Uh, that's why uh, St. John found this word uh, can be a, put a closure uh, to the gospel and now he is explaining the purpose of writing his gospel. So let, let's just review these words. The Lord said to Thomas, don't be unbelieving but believing. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. The Lord said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Uh, uh, so these are the words the author heard and recorded to us. That's why he said, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God. That is the goal of his why he recorded these words. And this faith is very important in inheriting the eternal life. This actually concludes chapter 20. I will give a, a quick summary in Arabic uh, right now. احنا الكتاب المقدس النهارده بندرس من انجيل يوحنا اصحاح 20 من اول عدد 19. عدد واحد لعدد 18 كان بيتكلم على القيامه. وده انجيل القيامه ظهور السيد المسيح لمريم المجدليه وانتهى لما مريم عرفته قال لها اذهبي وقول لاخواتي ان يسبقوني الى الجليل هناك يرونني وهي فعلا راحت للتلاميذ وقالت لهم انها رات الرب دائب القيامه وانه قال لها هذا ان هم المفروض يسبقوا للجليل علشان يشوفوه هناك بعدين يقول ولما كانت عشيه ذلك اليوم وهو اول اسبوع انه يوم يوم القيامه عشان كده احنا يوم القيامه بالليل في صلاه صلاه مساء الاحد بنعمل عشيه ونعمل زفه تذكر لظهور المسيح للتلاميذ وكانت الأبواب مغلقة حيث كان التلاميذ مجتمعين لسبب الخوف كانوا لسه خايفين خايفين لأن شعرين أن ممكن اليهود يحاربوهم اتهموهم من مسارق الجسد بطرس اتعامل بطريقة وحشة في بيت رئيس الكهنة يوحنا كان معروف أنه واحد من التلاميذ فكانوا لسه خايفين من الأخبار ولسه برضو الإيمان في القيامة ما كانش قوي وجاء يسوع ووقف في الوسط وقال لهم سلام لكم خلوا بالكم إن هو دخلوا الأبواب مغلقة المعجزة مش إن هو دخلوا الأبواب مغلقة هو قام بجسده جسده اللي اتولد من العذراء مريم اللي اتصلب على الصليب ولكن بعد القيامة الجسد ده طبيعته اتغيرت بجسد ممجد الجسد الممجد ده ممكن يخش من الأبواب مغلقة مش كده كان البابا شنو يقول المعجزة اللي عملها السيد المسيح بعد الأيام إنه أكل لأن الجسد الممجد ده مش محتاج أكل إنما إنه يدخل من الأبواب مغلقة ده كان جسد من صفات الجسد الممجد فدخل المسيح فجأة بس هما كانوا مستعدين لأن كان في أخبار للقيامة فأنا ما تخضوش لأن كان في أخبار من القيامة مريم المجدلية قالت لهم تلميذي عمواس قالوا لهم بطرس وحنا راحوا شاف القبر الفارغ فكان في أخبار عن القيامة وقال لهم سلام لكم عايز أشرح لكم كلمة سلام لكم هنا مش مجرد تحية زي ما احنا بنسلم عن حد ونقول السلام ليك لكن الكلمة دي كانت تحمل قوة في حد ذاتها تنزع من قلبهم كل خوف وتعطيهم سلام حقيقي سلام الله الذي يفوق كل عقل ولئلا يفتكروا ان ده روح ان ده مش مش جسد القيامه ان المسيح ما قامش من الجسد قال ولما قال هذا اراهم يديه وجنبه ففرح التلميذ ازراء الرب فوراهم يديه وجنبه عشان لهم شايفين الجروح دي ده علامه ان ده نفس الجسد بالظبط هو هو اللي انا اتصلبت بيه واللي انا اتدفنت بيه بس طبيعته اتغيرت عشان كده انا دخلت والابواب مغلقه. الفرحه هنا فرحه تلميذ زراء الرب 
علشان يتاكدوا من القيامه لان لو مجرد ظهور روح يبقى معناه هو لسه ميت لكن لما هو اتاكدوا من القيامه ديا دخلت لهم الفرح زي ما سيد المسيح يوم خميس العهد في الحديث الختامي قال لهم اراكم ايضا وستفرح قلوبكم ولا ينزع احد فرحكم منكم وهنا الايه دي اتنفذت بعدين السيد المسيح قال لهم مرة تاني سلام لكم للمرة التانية ليه قال لهم مرتين عشان يؤكد على عطية السلام ينزع منهم أي نوع من أنواع الخوف وبعدين هو هيرسلهم هيرسلهم برسالة سلام لأن هو مالك السلام فقال لهم سلام لكم كما أرسلني الآب أرسلكم أنا أنا الآب أرسلني علشان أعمل سلام بين الله الآب والعالم الملائكة قالت وعلى الأرض السلام يوم تولد المسيح فأنا بأرسلكم عشان تحملوا سلام تقولوا للناس إن في صلح بينكم ما بين بينكم وبين الله المسيح صالح الإنسان على نفسه صالح الإنسان مع أخوه وصالح الإنسان مع الله زي ما أنا أرسلتكم الأب أرسلني أنا بأرسلكم بولس الرسول في عبرانين يسمي المسيح ورسول اعترفنا فهو الرسول والرسل بقوا صفر للمسيح زي ما بيقول في كرونسوس سفرة بيسعوا يقولوا تصالحوا مع الله احنا جايين بنحمل لكم رسالة سلام المسيح اتصلب وتألم ومات نفس الكلام زي ما هو أرسل واحتمل الألام كل التلاميذ احتملوا ألام حتى يوحنا المستشهدش احتمل ألام ونفيا إلى جزيرة بطمس فنفس الإرسالية زي ما المسيح تألم هم اتألموا وزي ما المسيح غفر على الصليب هم غفروا استفانوس غفر وقال يا رب لا تقم لهم هذا الخطية فهم جايين بيحملوا للعالم رسالة غفران رسالة محبة رسالة رحمة رسالة سلام رسالة خلاص ولما قال هذا نفخ وقال لهم اقبلوا روح القدس نفخ زي يعني زي ما نفخ في آدم الأول نسمة حياة فأبدلوا الحياة الجسدية هنا بيديهم الحياة الروحية خلي بالكم زي ما أنا شرحتها بساعتها تاني في الإبتي ما أو ابنفما إفقواب مش بي ابنفما إفقواب بي ابنفما معناها الروح القدس أو ابنفما معناها روح قدس لما نقرأ في الكتاب المقدس لما نستخدم كلمة بي ابنفما أنا بتكلم على أقنون الروح القدس لما نتكلم على او ابنفما بتكلم على نعمة من نعمة الروح القدس فهنا أعطاهم نعمة الكهنوت نعمة من نعمة الروح القدس مش أقنوم الروح القدس وده كان تأسيس سر الكهنوت لما إداهم الروح القدس وبعدين في آية 23 يقول من غفرتم خطيئة مغفرت لهم تغفر له ومن أمسكتم خطيئة أمسكت ده تأثير سر الاعتراف يبقى سيد المسيح أسس سرين الاعتراف والكهنوت و وكان في العهد القديم الواحد بيعترف ازاي يروح يحط ايده على الزبيحة ويعترف وبعدين ياخد الكهن الزبيحة دي ويزبحها ويقدمها زبيحة لكن بولس الرسول قال دم التيوس والعجول مش هتغفر خطايان فإذا ده كان رمز للمسيح حمل الله حمل خطيط العالم ولأن السيد المسيح حمل خطايانا على الصليب فأنا النهاردة مش محتاج أن أنا أحط إيدي على المسيح لأنه خلاص حمل خوضة عليه اسم جامعنا حمل خطيئة على الصليب لكن محتاج أعترف زي ما كان بيعترف زمان وصاد الأب الكهن في العهد القديم وزي ما كان في العهد الجديد وصاد يوحنا المعمدان بيروح أعترفه وزي ما بنعرف أعمال الرسل 19 عدد 18 وكل الذين أمانوا جاءوا معترفين بخطاياهم يعني ده كان في العهد الجديد برضو يبقى هنا الإنسان علشان الخطيط تغفر محتاج حاجتين توبة واعتراف وبعد كده بالتناول بياخد الاتحاد مع السيد المسيح كان مين مش قاعد معهم توما فيقول لنا في آية 24 أما توما أحد الاثنى عشر الذي يقال له التوأم فلم يكن معهم حين جاء يسوع توما معناها توأم أو باليوناني ديدموس وديدموس معناها توأم برضو كان زمان كل واحد بيبقى ليه اسم يهودي واسم يوناني اسم اليهود ياخده في اليهودية واسم اليوناني ياخده لما يخرج بار اليهودية زي بولس الرسول بول بولس ده كان الاسم اليوناني شاول ده كان الاسم 
اليهودي فالتلاميذ قالوا له قال له التلاميذ الاخرون قد راينا الرب هو ما صدقش فقال لهم ان لم ابصر في يديه اثر المزامير واضع اصبعي في اثر المزامير واضع يدي في جنبي لا اؤمن هنا كان واضح انا لازم اشوف والمس علشان اؤمن بالرغم من كده هم ما طردوهوش قالوا له انت انسان مش كويس ما عندكش ايمان ده المسيح علينا هيظهر لنا واحنا قاعدين عشرة بنقولك شفناه لا يجب علينا نحن الاقوياء ان نحتمل اضعاف الضعفاء ولا نرد انفس احتملوه بمحبة وخلوه يقعد معاهم وتوماس برضو كان عنده احترام كبير ليهم ما لهمش ان انتوا فقدتوا عقلكوا يعني ايه واحد قام من الاموات بعد ما مات احنا كلنا عاشفنا انه مات لا قعد معاهم دي روح المحبة اللي كانت ربطهم مع بعض وزي ان هم يجب علينا نحن الأقوياء أن نحتمل أضعاف الضعفاء بعد 8 أيام يعني الحد اللي بعدي وده عشكي بنسمى الحد الجاي حد توما وده أحد الأعياد السيدية الصغرى كان تلاميذه أيضا داخلا وتوما معه فكان توما موجود مع التلاميذ غالبا في نفس المكان فجاء يسوع والأبواب مغلقة نفس الفكرة ووقف في الوسط وقال سلام لكم أعطاهم نفس منحة السلام اللي هي بتنزع كل خوف كل شك عشان ينزع كل شك من قلب توما ويأخذ نفس السلام اللي خده التلاميذ ونادى لتوما وقال له تعالى يا توما هات أصبعك إلى هنا ابصر يدي وهد يدك وضعها في جنبي ولا تكن غير مؤمن بل مؤمنا الكتاب ما قالناش ان هو لمسه لكن قال اجاب توما رب واله كل المفسرين بيقولوا ان توما اول ما شاف ربنا وسمع صوته وشاف الجراح امن وقال اعترافه المهم ده ربي واله ده اعتراف بلاهوت المسيح ده اعتراف مهم قوي 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 لكن المفسرين اختلفوا هل بعد الاعتراف ده لمسه ولا مسهوش في ناس بيقولوا لا ما لمسهوش في ناس بيقولوا يعني علشان المسيح قال له هات اصبعك فمن الطاعة لمس جنب المسيح ولمس ايدي يعني دي نقطة خلاف لكن المسيح عاتبه كده برقة وقال يا توما لأنك رأيتني يا توما أمنت طوبى للذين أمنوا ولم يروا و... وهنا يعني الكلمات الأهل المسيح دي تنطبق علينا يعني احنا كلنا كلنا داخلين في التطويب ده بركة جميلة لنا لأن احنا كلنا لم نرى ولكن أمنا وبناء ان احنا أمنا ولم نرى فانطبق علينا هذا التطويب طوبة للذين أمنوا ولم يروا وهو ده الإيمان الإيمان هو الثقة بأمور لا ترى أو الإيقان بأمور لا ترى هو ده تعريف الإيمان زي ما نقراه في عبرانيين 11 بعد كده في آخر آيتين قديس يوحنا بيلخص لنا ليه هو كتب الإنجيل بتاعه قال وآيات أخر كثيرة صنع يسوع قدام تلاميذه لم تكتب في هذا الكتاب يعني عايز يقول أنا الكتاب ده مش مجرد أنا بعمل هيستوري بكتب كتاب تاريخ بسجل حياة المسيح لا أنا بكتب من أجل هدف عشان كده ما ذكرتش كل حاجة حصلت أنا يوحنا شفت بعناية حاجات كتيرة وسمعت بودانا حاجات كتيرة بس ما كتبتاش كلها إنما أنا كتبت بعض الآيات بالضبط سبع آيات سبع معجزات هذه قد كتبت إيه الهدف عشان تؤمنوا أن يسوع هو المسيح ابن الله يسوع ده اسم الميلاد المسيح ده لقبه المسيح معناه الممسوح المسية ف هو بيكتب عشان يخلينا نؤمن ان يسوع ده هو المسيح اللي هو ابن الله الله الذي تجسد وصار انسان طب وليه مهم ان انا اؤمن يسوع المسيح لان هو ده الشرط لدخول السماء لكي تكون لكم اذا امنتم حياه باسمه لانه لا توجد حياه الا باسم المسيح فده الهدف من كتابه انجيل يوحنا عشان كده يوحنا ما استخدمش كلمه معجزة يستخدم كلمة آية إيه الفرق بين الآية والمعجزة معجزة ده عمل فوق الطبيعة إنما الآية هي معجزة 
بس ليها دلالة ليهودية يعني معجزة تشير إلى دلالة يهودية عشان كده السبع معجزات اللي شرحوا يوحنا في إنجيله كل واحد منها لها دلالة يهودية بتثبت لهوت المسيح تثبت أن يسوع الشخص ده اللي تولد من العذراء مريم هو الله الذي في ملء الإنسان صار مولود من امرأة هو يسوع الابن هو المسيح ابن الله الحي هو المسيح والإيمان ده مهم لكي تكون لكم إذا أمنتم حياة بإسم ده يختم إنجيل إصحاح عشرين من إنجيل معلمنا يوحنا كل سنة طيبين لإلهنا المجد الدائم إلى الأبد آمين